All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar. So there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, these are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. Ladies, let's talk real talk here. You probably have days when the PMS has you feeling like you could eat anything in sight. My goodness, the cravings and the general discomfort. Well, say goodbye to those days with Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth. Let's dive into why Hormone Harmony is not just another supplement, but a true game changer. First off, it's not just a trend. It's a phenomenon. Social media is buzzing with women singing praises about Hormone Harmony. In fact, a bottle flies off the shelves every 24 seconds. Can y'all believe that? Now let's talk about Happy Mammoth, the brilliant minds behind this wonderful product. They're all about making your life easier, and that means no compromises on quality. They've meticulously crafted Hormone Harmony using only science-backed ingredients proven to work wonders for women like us. But here's my favorite part. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, nature's little miracle workers. These herbal extracts help your body adapt to life stressors, especially those pesky hormonal changes that can throw us off balance. And here's the kicker. Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. It's your secret weapon against those hormonal imbalances that can wreak havoc on your life. From hot flashes and night sweats to racing thoughts and low moods, Hormone Harmony has got your back. And yes, it even tackles the occasional bloat and that not tonight boo feeling. <laughs> the real benefit here, the real win, feeling like yourself again. That's why countless women are raving about it in over 17,000 glowing reviews. We love a verified product, honey. Now here's your chance to experience the magic firsthand. For a limited time, you can get a fabulous 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BRAVADO at checkout. So what are you waiting for, homegirl? Say hello to balanced hormones and goodbye to those days of feeling like a roller coaster. Your journey to hormone harmony starts now. This is Germany. And this is Brittany. And this is the Black Herb Bravado Podcast. A motivating and encouraging podcast where we focus on building community amongst colorful women alike. 
Join us weekly as we sit down and have candid conversations on various topics and issues surrounding self-care, self-love, mental health and wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and much more. And trust, when we don't have the answers, we'll call on our expert homegirls who do. Our intention is to create a safe space for growth, inspiration, laughter, and love free of judgment in hopes that after you listen, you're a little more knowledgeable or at least a little more entertained than before. It's homegirl vibes here. Real, raw, and a little funny. A lot of fucking funny. So thanks for tuning in to the Black Girl Bravado podcast. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey y'all, welcome back. Welcome back to our channel. <laughs> welcome back to our channel, boo boo. Hey guys, welcome back to our channel. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the channel. First of all, if you're new, you need to be rate, following, and subscribing. Turn those post notifications, notifications on. on. That little bell, hit that bell. Hit that bell so you never miss content from me. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how's it going? It's going good. How was your weekend? What's popping? My weekend was mm, lit. Mm. <laughs> when i think back to the time yeah saturday um i was up at the crack of dawn because i had a floral job to do we girl i had to get up at 4 30 we had to get up at 4 30 absolutely not we had to get up at 4 30 well my alarm went off at 4 30 so that i can be up and out by five to be at kayla's house so that we could leave by 5 30 and get down there at 6 a.m when it opened because it was Mother's Day, we were anticipating it was going to be lit, but... It wasn't? It was like Black Friday. Like, the 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 blocks were lined with cars. Lies. Like, the parking lots were filled back to back. No Drake and Meek Mill. Like, oh it was really... God. It was so... You know, the flower district, is, flower market is already, like, a lot. Yeah, 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 So, yeah. usually, that's the reason to go early. So, like, it's just an easeful experience. Y'all would have had to been standing out there at 430 absolutely fucking I, it was up. so much girl i had to double mask and you know yeah. i don't even be tripping yeah. like i had to double mask i said there's too much happening where's my other mask <laughs> so Lord. did that on friday i mean did that early saturday came back put together all the arrangements and then um hit up the kids of immigrants pop-up which thanks to andres and his djing <laughs> was a full-on fucking function yeah the drinks were flowing, the moves were moving, and that was my Saturday. The time was being had. Sunday. Um, just chilled. Yeah, it was more low key. Went to lunch, but still the margaritas were flowing there as well. Yeah. And oh I went on a hike too. That was nice. I went on a hike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On Friday, after work I ended up going to the uh the first night of the pop up, the little friends and family rendition. And at that, they had a little open, like wine and little spirits. So that, spirits. <laughs> that was that was fun. And Andres DJ for just a smidge, just for a little bit. But there was music. Electric slide was happening. You know Always. the vibes. Yeah. And then of course I was there on Saturday. Great time. The way he does that music, I said I really got me one. Yeah. God knew. My mom said Germany's boyfriend. Y'all look like y'all have fun. Germany's <laughs> boyfriend be jamming. <laughs> He really does. She, well, you know, she knows how he did. Yeah. Because when we were at Jack's, Jack's birthday, function, yeah. she said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows which combination of music to hit. Mm-hmm. I say, baby, you know my songs. Yeah. You know what I want to jiggle this jelly to. <laughs> um, And then, yeah, Sunday kept it low key. And now we're here and it's going to be a great week. 
It is um, claiming it. Yeah. What else is popping? Um, what else is popping is we need you. Actually, all. what else is not popping? That's yeah. You know what right. haven't you all done this week? They have not left their ratings and their reviews. Now I don't know how else to tell y'all. It's you know, necessary. I, I'm gonna say it though until I'm blue in the face. We need you all to do your part mm-hmm. and take the time to leave a rating and a review for this podcast. It's not even a request anymore. It's a damn demand. <laughs> the mandatory. It's a demand. It's mandatory. It's your ticket to sit here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, come on. It really helps the show. Do your part. I'm going to go ahead and read our review of the week, which comes from Taylor Dawkins, who says one year anniversary. I've officially been listening to my sisters for a year. I've never found a podcast I connected with so well before. Every time I see an upload, I get excited because I know it's going to be good. The topics hit and the growth is real. I love you guys. Love you. Love you, Taylor. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Do you know what What today is? It's It's anniversary. Anniversary. Okay. I was taking a second. Maybe for you and me. Uh yeah. So thanks for leaving that. Thank you also to the boo boo baby who fixed her review. She up. corrected it. She yes, came back she and did. fixed it up. Yes, yes. Thank yes. you. We appreciate it. Yes. Um, you know where else you can join us and show your support? Over on Patreon. Yes. That's our exclusive membership community where we're providing additional bonus content. The playlist is currently up. Hope you all enjoy that. We also have a bonus episode this month for the besties. We're going to be talking about post-traumatic growth. So if you're interested in that, this is probably a really great time to listen to that episode. The world is opening back up. Yes. You might have experienced some... um, A shift or some growth that's on the horizon. So if you're interested in the topic or just... uh, fuck don't know what the fuck it is and you like what we do here you'll love it over there so come join us also that's the way um that we're able to control our own narrative on patreon Mm -hmm. and really fund the podcast yes we get ads but patreon i feel like we have more control over that than we do than the ad content we don't always have ads so Mm -hmm. support the girls over on patreon that information is down in the show notes it goes down Let's shout out our patron of the week. Um, we only have one. She is a bestie, though. So shout Thank out you. to her. And her name is Sharda or maybe Sharday. Hey, girl. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. We appreciate you so much. Um, I believe your pre-rolls were mailed out last week because I did a little batch of shipment. <laughs> Let us know if you love them. Yes. They're really, really good. They are. Mm-hmm. So no new week, new tea no. this week. We have a really uh, jam-packed episode, so we, we want to get into that and make sure that, um, you know, the shit ain't dumbass long and y'all yeah. not tired of it. So <laughs> we're, we're not doing any tea this week. But I will let you know that last week's episode, we chatted. Well, we kicked off our series, our Moms Making It Happen series. We did. This month is really special. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. And we celebrate the mamas in May. So um, this month we're we're chatting with all of the homegirls who are doing their thing as mothers. Last week we chatted with Jessica Rose and we talked about um, destigmatizing the term baby daddy, baby mama. She's a fucking lit ass TikTok tiktok mom so i mean if you're interested in that journey and she's hilarious chatting with or listening to her chat about kind of healing and doing the work that she's doing definitely tap into that episode Mm -hmm. 
some good shit. It's there for you. It's there for you. So this week we're continuing with the moms and we're going to take it a route that is not often taken when we Mm, talk about motherhood. Mm -hmm. But it's a route that I'm sure a lot of people go down or are interested in and it's weed. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the world of weed. Weed. (laughs) And that's what we're talking about. That's the route we're going. Mm -hmm. Um... I know you're not a mom, but what's your experience been with weed? My experience been my experience with weed. I first smoked weed in high school mm-hmm. when I was, I think, eighteen. No, seven. No, I was not even eighteen in high school. Eleventh grade, mm-hmm. and my friends, my friend Crystal was an avid weed smoker, and I've always been a social smoker. Yeah. I've always been like, oh, okay, if there's weed available, I'll hit it. You know what I'm saying? But I've never purchased my own weed. I barely even knew how to roll weed up. Yeah. It was just something like I partook in if it was available. Yeah, if it's here, I'm taking it. So that was my relationship with weed. And as I've evolved, that's been the relationship that I've maintained. It's something that I partake in socially. It's not something that I feel like I need, like, to regulate my mood or to, you know, function. It's just something that I enjoy doing from time to time, being high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enhance the experience, whatever mm-hmm. I'm engaging in, indulging in at the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I rock with it. <laughs> that's the way I rock with it. But I know that everybody has a different relationship. Like my friend Crystal, she was telling me she spends $1,300 a month on weed. Are you And if you do smoke me? weed a lot, yeah, that's just expensive. Like an eighth is $80. 1300 1300 That alone make me quit. That Cold alone, turkey. Yeah, that alone. It's an expensive habit, but Ooh, I mean, God. it's just like, you know, medicine for some people or just like the equivalent of getting your groceries for the week. It's like I'm getting yeah, my groceries and that. I'm getting my drill. Yeah, I know. Wow. So, hmm. yeah, that's been my personal experience with it. How about yours? I'm um, kind of the same. I, I like took, took a little toke. Back when I was a young tot, <laughs> <The toke. laughs> say that a few fast, a few times fast. Yeah, I was kind of young, um, but it wasn't anything that I like maintained. It didn't become a habit. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I didn't really like to smoke at all. Why not? Um, because I didn't have a great experience with it the first time. It like burned, it hurt, I oh. hit it wrong. So I, I was immediately turned off and I was like, that's not the vibe I want. So um, it wasn't until many, many moons later, I said, I don't know how old. Um, I think I was probably like 20 when I started smoking again socially, 20, 21, really, mm-hmm. when I started smoke, smoking socially. And that's because the my boo at the time was dealing. The man in my life. Was dealing. So, <laughs> you know, the dealing of weed. Dealing. Mm-hmm, so he would just give it to me at that point. So it was free. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing the purchase either. And now, same vibe. If it's around or somebody gives it to me, I'll I'll indulge in, indulge in it. But it's not nothing that I'm like. I gotta smoke, and mm-hmm. I and I really ugh that that was something that I hated in my previous relationship, like the uh, being so heavily dependent on weed. Mm-hmm. Like wake up, gotta smoke before we go out to dinner. You gotta smoke. Mm-hmm. It's like it becomes a, a handicap or like a crutch. But uh, I do know that there are benefits. I don't shame anybody who wants to smoke that specifically was just impacting me so i fucking hated it but if you want to get high i don't give a goddamn yeah i don't care what as long as you're able 
to, to function. function. Yeah. Then, mm-hmm. but it's cool because if it becomes a point where it's like you high and tapped out, yeah, it's like put it down. Yeah, and that's the way down. my mom always explained weed to me when she I explained finally, it to you. Yeah, what did she say? Because when uh, like. My stepdad, who was helping to raise us at the time, we knew he smoked weed because we we could smell it. He would only it's smoke strong. it, yeah, in their room, Probably. windows open or on the balcony, but we would smell it. And then as I grew a little bit older, maybe like 15, 16, my mom like would say like, I'm going to hit my joint or I'm going to hit my J. And then she said, you know, weed is cool. Like, you know, it's not bad, but you have to be responsible. You have to make sure your business is taken care of before you decide to smoke. So this ain't the type of thing that you just get and you don't, you just sit on the couch and smoke all day and you don't have your shit together. Mm -hmm. All of your business needs to be handled before you get the opportunity. It was more like, um, what is that called? Like a treat, if you will. Like this could be the benefit or the, the treat. I don't know how else to yeah, say Yeah, I know what you mean. You feel me like a little reward. A little a little reward for making sure that all your business is tapped and taken care of, your eyes are dotted and your T's are crossed. Then you can relax like this. <laughs> but if your shit ain't together and your feet ain't been on the ground and your nose you know your feet ain't put been it, on the pavement, then you don't need to be doing this. You don't deserve it. So it was always um presented to me with a a level of responsibility and accountability like don't think you just going to be smoking weed. Yeah. And and that's how she explained it, that she was doing it. Like, my, my shit is together. We don't have a worry, so. <laughs> See, my mom never explained it to me. So this is how the parent, my, the, my parental relationship with weed was. Um, One time I had my mom's car. Mm-hmm. I was in my mom's car, and I was out with my friends. <laughs> and, you know, we had got lit. And I think... I was driving and we had smoked outside of my mom's car. But, you know, sometimes if you got that sticky icky, it goes in. And so I got home and I'm like, the smell is lingering. Oh, my God. The smell was lingering in the whip. I was so shook. And like, so I got home and everything's cool. The next day, my mom was about to leave in her car. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I went in the garage to see if the smell was still there before she got in there. And I'm like. Definitely still here. Still sticky. <laughs> so she went into the, I when she was going into the garage, I said, your car may smell weird, but <gasps> you I gave made up, yourself away. I made up an excuse about why it smelled weird. Away. So she went, I give myself she away. She went into the garage and immediately the garage door opened back up and <laughs> I was standing in the hallway and she just fucking slapped me. <laughs> She just fucking slapped me and I was dramatic and I fell to the ground like, ah. she was like, why did you lie? You were smoking in my car. Like, why would you lie about that? And I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't lying. <laughs> Zada, like, and so. Brittany, I could only imagine you as a young teenage girl. Sitting in the you didn't lie. <laughs> I wasn't lying. <laughs> so anyway. That's like when I was 17. And then when we talked about weed again, it was when I basically she was I was an adult and she was knowingly smoking. But she's always had the like same relationship with weed that I've had. Like social. social. If it's around, I'll hit. Yeah, if it's around, I'll hit. But now our relationship with weed is. We're trading um, edibles. Edibles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The edible exchange. That's what I'm like. Mom, what are you doing over there? Cece keeps it on her. Keeps a gummy on her. I said, 
Now, what are you I doing? I got me a cookie. Once my mom was like, girl, I, I, once I they get high. I got a cookie that I got from Cece. I'm like, hold on. We were cookies exchanged. <laughs> oh, God. So that that's our experience. But we have Shanitria, Blunt Blowing Mama, mm-hmm. who's going to chat about her experience, drop some knowledge. As a mom. As a mom, a cannabis mom. friendly mom. Yeah. And um, hopefully just assist with normalizing the conversation around mothers who smoke weed and and also spreading the message that moms who smoke weed aren't bad moms yeah so let's get into it here we go hey y'all so we are well into our moms making it happen series where we are chatting with cool moms doing cool shit yeah you know, mm-hmm. I love it here. Jeremy and I aren't moms, but we definitely are not. Our time will come, but Our it's time. not now. <laughs> now is not that time. Right. So today we have Shanitria. She's a blunt blowing mama, a wellness and self-care advocate, host of Blo- Blunt Blowing Mama podcast, where she discusses parenting, sex and relationships and the destigmatization of marijuana use. She I was, love all of that. You love that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was once an editor and a journalist, but she is now an entrepreneur and podcaster. So, Shanitria, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you, guys. I love that I'm considered a cool mom. That's so dope. That's all I ever aspired Aww. to be in life was just a cool mom. <laughs> so, everything else you said was cool, too. That was also spot on, but Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Quick question. Were you one of those people who always wanted to be a mom? Like deep down, you just wanted to be a mother? No, I actually don't like children. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the funny part. Like I never was like the person who, you know, volunteered to babysit people's kids Mm -hmm. or like, you know, when you're at the family function and the one cousin has a kid and they go use the bathroom, somebody wants, they're like, anybody want to hold the baby? And there's like at least three women like salivating, trying to like hold this baby. Mm -hmm. I'm like, actually the way this outfit is set up, it's a no for me, dog. Like I'm going to have to pass on the baby, but I appreciate it. Like I want to make get to the rescue <laughs> you know like that was never me but um I'm one of those people where it's like I really don't care much for kids but I fucking love my kids mm-hmm. and so for me it was about like you know if I ever found myself in the right relationship where I was with a man who I knew would be a good father then like why the fuck not have kids like I did want kids but it was like and I was going to have kids with or without a man like that's the thing like Mm. I was going to have kids I didn't like kids but I knew that I was I would fuck with my kids and I (laughs) said my kids would be like my kids would be fucking part of me you know what I'm saying yeah this is gonna be fucking game changer so I was like all right like it's gonna be good so um yeah but you know met a guy and boom 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 you know they got two kids (laughs) wow so you have two how old are they they're six and two. Oh, my geez. daughter is six and my son is two. I'm sure. I'm sure your boo boo was so happy once he got his son. They they love to <laughs> get a son. Oh my god, he literally. I can't even say it, but yes, he was very happy. When Girl, he found out it was a boy. He was like, I was like, dang. So like having a daughter meant nothing to you, huh? Like, no. he, he didn't, they he be didn't wanting that little son. Up about it, yeah. He wanted. Well, the funny part is now that he has a son, like while they do hang out and have a close relationship the plot twist is that he's actually like 
you know, my son, our son's a, as a um, mama's boy. Aww. So like, he's obsessed with, yeah, he's obsessed with me. And like, he could, he could care less for his dad sometimes. He'll be like, eh, like, <laughs> all right, here. like, I see. Yeah, yeah. Like, I appreciate everything you do for us. As, and, and I love you, dad. I just <laughs> want you to know that. But I'm going to be in mom's lap, like. Oh, and I don't want you to touch me. Oh, <laughs> oh hell no. I will be giving him away. Actually, he's going to touch you. Go bond with your father. <laughs> so you used to be an editor for ABC News, Huffington Post, and more. Now we have you here as a podcast host, a brand owner, and a Mary Jane or marijuana advocate. Tell us about mm-hmm. how you got here. Like, what was that transition like? Um. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's such a long story, but I could tell the TL... DR, too long and read. Journalism is got a rep for being a competitive field, and that's because it is. Like, it's very, I wouldn't say cut, well, broadcast probably is cutthroat, but like I was in um, on the digital side, so always working for the online portion of um, uh, publications. So, like, I worked at Reader's Digest, but I was doing like readersdigest.com, not mm-hmm. the actual print, and like ABC News doing like their digital um like side not mm-hmm. on the tv <laughs> right right we get it uh, but yeah but you know it was um so it's a different pace it's a different life um and I was just having so many moments in life where like I thought that like I needed to move from New York to be happier and to not be as stressed because I felt like dang like New York is just stressing me out like this is such a stressful place and I had been living there for almost six years and so me and my man and my daughter at the time who was just like maybe 15 or 18 months or something we all moved to LA and I was like it's gonna be better da, da, da. but I was still working as a journalist because I moved for a job um and I ended up getting laid off <laughs> from that job that I moved mm-hmm. out here for and I was lost like I'd never been laid off before and anybody who's ever been laid off you know how it feels especially the first time it does not feel fun. Like you feel like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if you've been there for a while or whatever, or think promises were made. And at that point, like I was actually working on a podcast for them, like oh. spending most of my days. Yes. Yeah, working, developing a podcast that will never see the light of day that literally just died the day I got laid off it died. And mm-hmm. I wanted to punch somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throwing hands. That's I, what... <laughs> how are my ends supposed to meet? Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and so I, you know, being in LA, we had just moved there. We I don't think we had been there for a year at that point, or maybe it was at, just at a year. So we were still new um to the city. And um I was still learning a lot about weed, like coming out here. Like I knew I smoked weed, like I fucked weed. I've been smoking weed since I was 18, but I was learning that it's a plant, that it's an industry. Mm-hmm. And that's when we really piqued my interest. I said, industry. Mm-hmm. And I just started like paying attention and going to events. Like if somebody invited me, um, I met a really cool chick out here named Joy um, Clark, who home, she's the founder of Mahogany Mary, which is a cannabis events company um, and experiences. And uh, she she like we used to work together at that place that I moved here for um and she was also like side hustling as an events kind of coordinator in cannabis and putting on these cannabis events and I was like blown because like I'm coming from New York and bitch what a whole cannabis what is cannabis like what cannabis like I was just doing a lot of googling 
I was so I started I went to like one of her events and I was just like wow and I was like dang she's fucking cool like you know meeting a black woman who smokes weed is like that's my dream girl like mm-hmm. oh we about to I'm about to fuck with you like we about to be we friends the like, best bitch we friends <laughs> <laughs> that's my best friend uh, that's exactly like girl we are friends so um We've actually known each other for the whole time I've been out here in LA. She's, you know, one of my friends now. I consider one of my closest LA friends, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but she kind of put me on. Like she had a card, a business card, and everything. And I was like, "What? A business card for a cannabis job? What the?" <laughs> is? And so I was like, "This was like, you know, um, I've been here since uh, 2016, so this is like five years ago almost." Um, and I just, this is before um, California legalized uh, adult use um, of cannabis, which basically said that anybody over the age of 21 um, could buy, could legally buy, you know, cannabis within certain limits and parameters. But before that, (laughs) you had to do the whole thing where you had to like, Go to the one of the four twenty doctors. Yeah, yeah. get a get card. your medical card. Say you can yeah. eat. You didn't have an appetite. Right, okay, back sweet. was hurting. Right, right. Yeah. right. You know, I got cramps. I mm-hmm. got some depressed or mm-hmm. something like that. And they give you your card, and then you go in a dispensary and you just go get what you need, what you want. And the thing is that back then, what they snuck into the laws when they passed adult use, well, among a lot of things, one of the things they snuck in is that they capped the THC limit on the products because before 2018, if you were in a dispensary and you bought some edibles in LA, you could get like a thousand milligram brownie. Oh, hell. Oh, what the? Be on your back. Yes. Yes. Oh, shit. (laughs) And so there were like really high, crazy high THC amounts in edibles that like, honestly, I don't mind it because it's like, if you just know your portions, then it's fine. But now everything is capped at 100 milligrams I think almost probably to like protect people mm-hmm. in a sense but like it's definitely something where you know you have to kind of really be careful and read your laws when you're passing like you know all that glitters isn't gold just because they're like yeah we're gonna approve adult use in your state like you know read the fine print <laughs> so, Wait, so that was like with that yeah. really quickly do you think that do you you one of those people who wanted to be the thousand mil you want to pull up and get the thousand milligram brownie, huh? You so okay. So <laughs> when I moved out here, I was still very inexplicable. like I smoke weed. I've been smoking weed since eighteen years old. I'm mm-hmm. thirty two. Like I so I would like to say I've been smoking weed all my life. Like shit. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like it. So <laughs> yeah. you know, like years. I feel like Yeah, you know, like that's a long ass fucking time. So yeah. I feel like when I came out here, I was like, Oh, like I can't handle whatever. I was wrong. I got laid on my ass many a times by smoking flour. Dabs have laid me out and the motherfucking edibles, especially yeah. in 2017 and in 2016 shit, because like we got a thousand milligram brownie, not really understanding what a thousand milligrams meant. Mm-hmm. Like, because like, you know, and or in of it, a, a thousand milligrams of THC. And I'm like, well, what is THC? Is that what you get you high? Oh, okay. So that's good. That's good. A thousand. Perfect. Um, and then just taking, you know, like, like, okay, maybe in reading the instructions, obviously. And they always just start with a small little amount or whatever. So I was like, okay, let me take a corner. 
not really realizing that corner I took was probably way too big anyways. And I probably should have took like half of that size. Yeah. Um, and ended up getting really high, feeling like, oh my gosh, these edibles are going to kill me out here. Like, I can't do this. Like, it's felt. I was so paranoid from that fucking corner of a brownie. Like, I was laying on my couch staring at the ceiling. Everything was fucking spinning. I was like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to die. Like, this is it. I'm falling into the universe tonight. Like, mm -mm. I just don't know. I'm going to make it out of this. Now, being where I am today with cannabis and everything that I have learned, I would have just told my high ass to go get some CBD and smoke it mm. or go fucking <laughs> chew on some pepper and you'll come down from your high. Like, I would have just, Cheat I would have known how to, yeah, yeah, I would have known how to curb the, ah, I'm too high kind of thing, you know, mm. because that's what makes it not fun. Yeah. Like, if you have the stuff in your house, to bring you down I mean then afterwards you're just like oh shit that was close to me you know and then keep doing whatever you're gonna do or the detox appropriately yeah you do what you need to do but um telling people that like and I get it's protecting people from you know over consuming and, and there isn't a need for these high high dose um you know products on the market but like that kind of regulation is just like if you're willing to regulate in that kind of way what other things like are you willing to Right. say we can and can't do with this you know so yeah. that's like just the interesting thing to me about that but um so I was laid off from my job and uh I decided that fuck all this shit like I'm way fucking talented you know I in every job I've been in I had more degrees and I was fucking smarter than my boss like right I have uh, my bachelor's degree in journalism and my master's degree in journalism from Columbia University like I'm an Ivy League bitch. Okay, y'all said credentials. Credentials, <laughs> credentials. <laughs> you know. And I'm and I've got managers who only have a bachelor's degree in something that maybe it's journalism and that some fucking school I never fucking heard of. Like, right. what the fuck are you doing? So, um, it was always really, you know, I realized that like it wasn't that they were more qualified than me. It was just that they were white, mm. and therefore they always made more money than me. They always got their ideas approved my shit never got approved they always like it was it, they were microaggressions it was like the worst thing ever and then I was covering Ferguson I was covering Philando Castile I was covering every black person that died <laughs> putting you yeah, in that's putting, a lot. yeah making you yeah. deal with the trauma right and not uh, realizing at the time because when you are a young journalist you just want to get the jobs and do the things but like now that I can look back on those years, like I was burnt out. I was stressed. I needed a therapist. Like I needed therapy because every day I was watching these videos and I was dealing with microaggressions mm -hmm. and that like, there's no way to categorize that kind of trauma, which yeah. that's really what it is when you're in a hostile work environment where there are very few people that look like you and you're all going through the same traumatic event. So it must be normal, right? Wrong. <laughs> it's right. not fucking normal um so uh, once I I just actually come to the realization like a couple years ago like last year helped me realize like I don't think I can work in journalism anymore because it's not for black people or mm. at least in my experience um so and I realized that there are other ways to tell stories without being attached to a major corporation I've had some really great jobs don't get me wrong and working in those jobs that are really helped me to launch Blunt Boy Mama because I've I met a lot of smart people working at those companies. I met people working at those companies who are still my friends today, um, or I still fuck with and will like help them out or they'll do me a favor, like one of those things. Mm -hmm. But who child, the racism. 
Right. So, right. I was like, I want to start my own shit. I need to do my own thing. Like, I've been wanting to do a podcast. I've had podcasts shut down. Nothing has ever, like, seen the light of day. That any idea that I really had, just a few. Um, and I really wanted to do a podcast. And um, But I was like, let me do a parenting site. And then I thought about it. And I was like, I don't want to compete with, like, scary mommy and all those big ass fucking, <laughs> uh, you know, like, I can't compete with that shit. But then I was like, well, I want to talk about black shit. I want to talk about stuff for like brown moms. And then I thought about it and I was like, wait, I want to talk to moms who smoke weed. I smoke weed. I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I started looking and I didn't see any other black women doing it at the time who were seen as like the, a major, major influence in the space. And so I was like, wait a minute, like this ain't right. Like black women definitely... <laughs> smoke weed like this is not right um and then I realized like racism girl that's all it is Mm. and so um I was like I got to that after that layoff and you know everything I was just like fuck it I'm gonna stop asking for permission I'm gonna just do everything I want myself It, it will be harder because I won't have a whole team a whole fucking machine behind me to make everything happen but I know how to do these things because I've worked as a journalist for all these years for all these great companies I still got my notes I still got my contacts like I still got my education you can't take that shit from me so I'll just build my own um so I was smoking weed with my man one night or day whatever I don't remember because mm-hmm. uh, we were high but right. we were smoking weed and I was like what am I gonna call this and I love Lil Wayne right I like I fucking love Lil Wayne's music and I grew up on it and um he likes Lil Wayne and he was just like blunt blowing. And my daughter, who like we only had one kid at the time, um, calls me mama. And so he was like, blunt blowing mama. There I it is. Like, yeah, we'll put some words bro. together. That's one bro. thing we gonna do. Put some words yes. together. And, and make that's it how thing. it started. I and I just that. posted my first photo on Instagram. And it was only an Instagram page at first. And I was working for a long time on a website and I finally got a website up. And then it was only just a website and Instagram for a really long time. I got pregnant, had a whole other child. And then I started um, the podcast and the podcast will be two years old in May. And the Blunt Blunt Mama podcast is really what like blew everything up honestly and it's, it made sense because this is what I've been wanting to do right for years mm-hmm. but white people kept telling me no right you <laughs> just need to do it for I yourself it, and I just needed to do it for myself because you know what if I would have done it for any of those companies they would have owned my podcast mm-hmm. they would have owned my work they could have fired me or done whatever and take my shit and put a hey bookies we got something special for you Are you ready to dive into a celebration of blackness that's as diverse as the experience it represents? Well, NPR has got you covered with Black Stories, Black Truths. This is a groundbreaking collection that's more than just a podcast. It's revelation. What does black representation in media mean to you? Because to me, it's about breaking down stereotypes, challenging biases, and also showcasing the rich tapestry of black experiences. For sure, absolutely. And Black Stories, Black Truths is the epitome of this celebration. Each episode is a living account of what it truly means to be black today, and it's told from a unique black perspective. And I feel like these aren't just stories, like the narratives of joy, resilience, empowerment, and also the incredible ability to create world-shifting things out of the struggle. 
Seriously, you'll hear about everything from pop culture icons like Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to discussions on vital topics like reparations, y'all. There's really no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Have you tuned in yet? One of my favorite episodes is the one on how real self-care takes real systemic change. That's a must listen. Yeah, I really think the hosts bring a tone that's celebratory. It's also informative and reflective, which I really can appreciate. Every episode is a journey. It offers a range of emotions and perspectives that keeps you hooked from start to finish. As soon as I turn it on, I'm like, "Mm." and let's not forget black perspectives haven't always been at the forefront of America's story. But now they are the story. Period. So this is not just a podcast, y'all. It's a collection of some of NPR's best episodes showcasing the brilliance and resilience of the black experience. And we know NPR is known for its commitment to diverse storytelling. But with them presenting black stories, black truths, I would say that this is NPR with the noir twist. (laughs) So what are you waiting for? Turn on NPR today and immerse yourself in a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the incredible country we reflect. And remember, stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, available wherever you get your podcast. Have you ever dreamed of effortlessly conversing in another language? Whether it's for that upcoming international trip, connecting with family and friends, diving deep into a new culture, or simply adding a new skill to your repertoire, learning a new language opens up a world of opportunities. But let's face it, traditional methods like textbooks and classroom learning can be a drag. That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. As the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years, Rosetta Stone offers a revolutionary approach that truly immerses you in the language you want to learn without relying on CDs or DVDs. Picture this, you're effortlessly conversing in Spanish on the streets of Barcelona, ordering tapas like a local, or discussing the latest French designers with Parisians. So sexy, right? With Rosetta Stone's intuitive process, you'll learn naturally starting with words, then phrases, then full sentences. And with over 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish... The possibilities are endless. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition technology, including the True Accent feature, acts like a personal trainer for your accent, providing instant feedback on your pronunciation. Plus, with both desktop and app options available, along with offline lesson downloads and an audio companion, learning for the babe on the go has never been easier. And here's the best part. For a limited time, Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership for 50% off, y'all. That's right, lifetime access to all 25 language courses for half the price. Don't miss out on this amazing deal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, BGB listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today. Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, 
Progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right. No fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdraft fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So, if you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bankcourt Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Boosts are available to eligible Chime members enrolled in Spot Me and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Another bitch in my seat. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what they'll do. They'll like, where's another black mom who smokes? Period. There she right. is. And you Boom. know, there she is. You know, um, a lot of times, like you were mentioning with racism, black people, we're always stigmatized when it comes to smoking or doing anything that our white counterparts are doing. Um, like like now, weed is now legal, but we have so many black men. I mean, just people of color specifically. That's who I care about serving time right now for marijuana usage or having marijuana on them. So what? What was your what were a few reactions or if you can recall any reactions that you might have gotten when you've discussed your use of marijuana as a mom? Like, is it mostly positive? Did you have some negative reactions? Like, what's that been like? There is like, I can honestly probably count on one hand. And I've been doing Blunt Boy Mama since 20, December 2017. And I can count on one hand the amount of time. I've gotten like hate or somebody saying something like really vile because I'm a mom who smokes weed and I'm advocating for it. Mm -hmm. I have not heard. And a lot of people don't want to outright say like mom should smoke weed. And I'm not saying mom should smoke weed, but I'm saying that you should look into it or you <laughs> should look into cannabis consumption methods. Like you don't have to smoke it. You can drink it, eat it. You can mm. fucking do a lot, rub it on your skin, rub it on your pussy. Like oh. you can do a lot of shit with it. Yeah. Hold on, hold like on. Let's back it up. Quick. Back, back it up. Rubbing <laughs> it on pussy. Now, what does that do? What does that entail? Do you put a little bit of the butter? What? What, what are we doing? <laughs> the butter. Is this supposed to be done with a partner? Huh? Yeah, we're in California. Oh, I'm about to put y'all in Southern California. We're in LA. Girl, we in LA. Come on. Yeah. Yes. All right. I'm about, to, I'm about to put y'all on game then because y'all about to go hop and make some orders now. So, okay. <laughs> Um, there is a product by, uh, Foria, which is, uh, F-O-R-I-A. I'm not even sponsored. I'm not even sponsored. Now I'm going to be a blunt blowing mama. Right. I done put this shit on my pussy and now it's doing. <laughs> Woo, I'm so going to be a blunt blowing auntie. A, 
it's an arousal oil by them that they make and it has like not even that many ingredients it's so natural and organic Mm. and then it also has cannabis in it so the oil is infused with like thc and all you have to do is put like a couple drops like directly on your clit you can put it on like other like around and oh. the vulva in the vulva inside oh, your actual no. pussy if you want oh. to size it all in right what and what you will feel immediately the blood rush and the sensitivity i'm already feeling a little blood rush i've <laughs> <laughs> grabbed my titties in wow. addition to using it like with my man because it's amazing right but like i use it by myself come on because like talk about making playing with your pussy even better and fun (laughs) like i I come quick so i be like again again." (laughs) okay i got a a little sensitive cuckoo so i don't my little coochie is sensitive so i can't be i will fuck around and get a yeast infection (laughs) (laughs) well no so the thing is that the ingredients are so natural it's like uh coconut oil Mm. and actually i have the bottle right here Read them to me, it's shit, totally because bottle probably all it's sticky. Like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like five ingredients. What are they? Right, so we can check if there's any <laughs> allergies. Period. <laughs> so, because this is made by women mm. for women, so they're like really serious about that. Because yeah, you use some of these products on your pussy, you end up with yeast infection, a rash, girl, like all this crazy shit. Because that is made by men, or it's made by people who don't have vaginas and mm. don't understand that you can't be just throwing everything inside of a vagina. Period. Right. Like, be all right the next day. Right. Okay? Exactly. Then I'm taking a diflucan. <laughs> it's like I want I want to have fun, but I don't want to be paying Itchy. for it. <laughs> exactly Uh -uh. so the ingredients oh my gosh you guys are gonna die here are the ingredients mct coconut oil Mm -hmm. thc oil Mm -hmm. thc oil from sun-grown cannabis that's it so it's just coconut oil oh and run it give me a little i need euphoria you say girl i'm gonna be a blunt blowing mama (laughs) but have you used this with your boo-boo with your bae yes Yes, we did for Valentine's Day. Come and on, it sweet was treat, bomb. That's what bomb. I was and thinking. So, what you would do if you put the suppository in your pussy and then you put the arousal oil like all Ooh, around your too pussy, much, you're basically turning it into an edible. Oh. So, whoever wants to eat up down there will have to eat with caution. They might get a little too high. Oh. No, they're not gonna get too high, but they'll definitely get a little contact high. <laughs> you get high, double high. Yes. Didn't Tony Braxton say she, it'll get you making high? High, she probably had the suppository in there. So you said that yeah. you haven't gotten too many negative reactions yeah. when I, Yeah, I have not. I have not gotten that many um negative um comments. If anything, I've gotten an over to say overwhelming is actually like not even the word. It's more than that. I've just gotten an, an overwhelming response from women saying thank you or asking me questions or you know especially being like thank you for doing this for black women thank you for doing this for black moms thank you for doing this for moms like thank you for just being real like and people saying because of you like I continue to consume while I was pregnant I just had my baby here's a baby photo I got so many baby pictures Uh people like here's my baby I just gave birth thank you so much or like you know, I'm breastfeeding. Can you help me? And they'll be like, you know, my baby just turned one. Thank you so much. Like, I get it all the 
time. That's what I get. And before I started making any money with this damn thing, <laughs> that was that was the currency for me. Like that, and it still is the currency mm. for me. Like every time I get those messages, that motivates me to keep going because um, there are days when, as you guys know, having a podcast um, where you just be like, "Ooh, girl, yeah, girl, another, yeah." Another another Thursday, my podcast comes out on Thursday, so another Thursday. Like tonight, I'm gonna be up like. Oh, doing what you gotta do do what i gotta do (laughs) so so um that's good that you don't get too many negative reactions from mothers but what about the people like because you just said that some people like breastfeed while they're doing cannabis or they just they smoke throughout their pregnancy how does that work because i know we hear from doctors like you should not be smoking while you're pregnant does that only apply to tobacco like what is that like here's the thing like i'm I'm gonna like um say a little disclaimer i am not a medical professional Mm -hmm. i am not a legal professional so whenever anyone has any questions regarding topics around cannabis or any sort of medications that they're considering taking while pregnant or breastfeeding you should consult with your doctor medical professional or legal professional if you're seeking legal advice period now with that being said (laughs) now with that being said um i do i would never tell anybody to um, not smoke while pregnant um because facts are facts and here's a fact that no you're not gonna get a quicker onset um from any other way of consumption of cannabis or hemp cbd than smoking it when you smoke those effects are immediate like snap your finger boom then you're gonna, you know, that nausea might go away. Snap your fingers, boom, that headache is gone or those cramps are gone or that depression starts to fade away. Um, and it's gonna happen that quickly. So if you are in dire need of relief from whatever you may be going through, I would never say don't smoke, you know? So, but I also would never say don't smoke if you live in a state like Alabama and all you can get your hands on is weed there are no tinctures there are no like you're in a dry area and somewhere where it's heavily stigmatized and you know punishable Mm -hmm. so I would never advise somebody to you know oh well don't smoke but that's all they got like what are you gonna you have to work with what you have I would advise them to think of other ways to consume it, like buy a device. Like if you're really serious, buy a device that can help you decarb your weed and turn it into tinctures and edibles. Like there are products on the market that help you do that. And so that's when it really becomes like a discussion. I don't, I hate saying like, should you or shouldn't you? It's, it really is whatever the fuck you want to do because you're a grown ass woman and you know your body and these medical doctors don't know your body they can't tell you what to do with your body they can only advise you based on the research and learning that they have done you know but they are not god so they don't get the final word over you and your baby because the moment you become a mother whatever bitch you were before like she's gone Mm -hmm. and now the bad bitch is in the building and like she only cares about her baby and Mm -hmm. so by instinct I just don't really, I have never spoken to a woman and even in my life as well as who I am, who did, who would ever do anything that would harm their child. Yeah. Um, the moment you become a mother, you are a fucking lioness and you're looking out for your cub, even when they think they grown. So, you know, like it's definitely, I, you have to trust the mother and we have to be instilling and instilling in mothers 
to trust their intuition and to always know that like mother knows best mm -hmm. um, because you do like this is your child you created this is blood of your blood and you would never harm your blood right so let's like stop saying like oh you should or you shouldn't because like fuck that you can't tell somebody what to do now like obviously alcohol and tobacco like there are studies that show the harm that can be caused from that and i don't think we need to be debating that at this point because we know that they also cause things you know those things cause issues to your body even when you're not pregnant right. so like why would you do it while you're pregnant you know right. um cannabis on the other hand like nobody's ever died not re reported on the books like died from an overdose of weed or something like that you know yeah. but if you're smoking blunts, then maybe if and you're pregnant, it's maybe time to switch the papers, right? Mm -hmm. It's maybe time to switch to pipes to glass. It's maybe time to um, not not dab because you are pregnant and you don't need high THC content because you're not trying to get high. If you're dealing with depression, you're trying to consume enough so that you don't feel depressed. Right. You know, if you're dealing with chronic pain or any other sort of, um, you know, genetic or, you know, hereditary diseases or whatever you may have going on in your life, like you want enough, just like if you're taking a Tylenol, you know, you take one now and then you take another one in like four hours and so you have like your little consume, whatever you're going to consume and then you do it again and it's intentional and it's mindful, but like, I would never say like, don't do it, don't do this or how. I would just give you, I would say, okay, what do you have access to? What are you working with? And then let's just work with people and figure it out because there are mindful ways to get this medicine that you need because when you deprive your body of what it needs, it starts acting out. Like right. Stuff starts happening in pregnancy. Women are, we are so trained to think that our whole lives should be painful and hard and, and full of challenges because of our body, because we're just, because we're women and that's just how it is. Like mm -hmm. we're just supposed to go through, you know, and that's just not the case. Like, Cannabis can help us enjoy every stage of our lives, like enjoy sex, enjoy after sex, enjoy being pregnant, enjoy having a baby, enjoy breastfeeding, enjoy, I don't know, I mean, I hope I can enjoy going through menopause if I'm high enough, but you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like just to enjoy, because we go through a lot with our body, enjoy your periods every month, like it can help you, because life shouldn't be hard like we shouldn't always be in pain like that's just not what it is if we just lean into our bodies and understand it more um and show it more compassion and help it be balanced balance our endocannabinoid system mm -hmm. which is you no know, system in our bodies um give it the cannabis that it needs so that you can be at homeostasis so that you aren't feeling so much anxiety you know so that you so that you aren't so irritable or so tired or something like you're you're something is off you're experiencing a deficit you need some cbd in your life thc or you probably need both but i always tell everybody that everybody needs some cbd in their house like period. i agree Even if you don't smoke you gotta have CBD. it's so good for you to rub it on um, yourself i have tons of, yes I that's tons what i use yes i, I love sleep that. yeah i love um lately i've been using a cbd body butter which I'm still moisturized from this morning, if you want to feel. And I also <laughs> um, use um, a period soothe salve that has about 200 mm -hmm. milligrams. And I rub that on my belly, my abdomen and my back to help with my period discomfort. And I mean, you guys have heard the ads in our show um, because we really strongly believe in this company, um, Ned. And it's just the fucking shit. So I know, Shanitria, that you're doing really tough work because there's so many stigmas like you've been speaking about surrounding marijuana usage, especially marijuana, marijuana usage for mothers. 
So how does it look? Um, and, and what specific actions do you take when you're trying to, I don't even know if you're trying, but like change people's minds and destigmatize the usage of marijuana. Like it's kind of, it has to be hard, like changing your mind. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm going to hit this bong really quick. Hold on. I'm yeah, girl. You, I wish I had one. <laughs> Brittany, get a bong. <laughs> I barely even... <laughs> Shit. The bong high is something different. I, while I you're hitting it. it, I'll say a quick story about my bong experience. Oh, yeah. One time, um, I was with um, Abu, and we were... With his friends, and we were smoking out of the bong. His friends had a bong, and I believe they provided the marijuana too. So everybody had hit the bong, and that high, I mean, that seems like it immediately goes to your brain the way I was coughing. So after about two minutes, I was like, I started feeling shook and paranoid, and I was telling him, I'm like, everybody needs to go. I feel like they're trying to rob us. Everybody needs to go. I feel like they're trying to rob us. And he was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, look at the way they're looking at you. They are trying to set you up. This whole thing is a setup. So we had he had to take me outside and get me together. And I'm we got outside. Doing and I'm slapping like, your face. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> had to take me outside and get me together. I'm like, they have to go. What I won't be is robbed. <laughs> they have to go. So he went in there not knowing what the fuck to tell them. And I and I was texting him. I'm like, please tell them to go. Like, I feel like this go. We they gonna kill us. Da 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 da. Okay. So go to bed. He finally. Oh he finally got them out of there y'all then i could the next day i woke up i was still high i had to call out from work it was like that bong that bong experience but really with weed i have to be careful because there's always a slight feeling of paranoia yeah it always comes with me there's always a very slight feeling with that so that happens to me when i'm on the edible oh i hate an edible i hate a fucking edible yeah i i've had some really sick ass experiences recently you know i (laughs) <laughs> dabbled in a little delta eight which i didn't even know what the fuck delta eight was and neither it's too high it's too high. high is an understatement i yeah. was right there at jesus's feet i'm yeah. like hey lord it was 25 <laughs> milligrams of delta eight whatever the fuck and you, i didn't have the whole thing i did the thing is not Shanitria, germany oh, told no. us that it was a cbd gummy that's what i thought she said have one of these cbd you guys, gummies you still shouldn't have 25 milligrams of cbd to start you should still all right, uh-huh. go ahead, and then I'm, I'm going to tell you where you guys went wrong, and I'm going to give you. Yeah, I went yeah. wrong once I opened it. Once I opened it and popped it in my mouth, I went wrong. Yeah, but I said I, I was under the impression it was CBD, something nice and relaxing, and I don't do edibles all the time, so I don't know anything about the dosage. That's another thing. Yeah, so I just now popped I one. Do I just popped one in, offered one to Brittany, the pill popping animals. So then we are like <laughs> chilling in, and all of a sudden we get really high, and I'm like, damn, like what the fuck? And we weren't even able to really do anything. So then I'm like, bitch, it's the Delta to eight i was so scared to even drive home i live four minutes away from her less than a mile and i was so afraid i was like bitch i cannot go home (laughs) i was terrified off the delta eight and another time i took an edible Hmm. my memory was like i felt like it had had expounded and opened up i was remembering shit from like a regular day when I was seven, riding my bike. Oh, my, wow. It was my day-to-day memories oh. coming back to me. And I, I was kind of scared because Did I was like. That wasn't shrooms? No, girl. <laughs> it was it was an edible. And I kind of was scared. And I was like, let me help you hurry up and suppress this. Because I don't want no dark shit coming up oh, that I put God. down. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the guy I was dating at the time was working on some music. And he had his back was to me, girl. He was in a computer chair. And when he turned around, he had no neck. <laughs> his head was just. 
It was just head and shoulders, okay? No knees and head toes. And shoulders, knees and toes. The neck was completely gone. His shit was just floating. I'm like, and this at this time, I have to go to bed. I was like, I cannot stay up with my thoughts. Uh-uh. Oh so that was my experience. So I, I tread lightly when I'm dealing with the edibles. Same. Very. I could just go like, uh, just a little bite. Yeah, the edibles are well, a bit different. What you have to do is always have CBD on you. So even like, I'm not afraid to have a bad edible trip or edible be bad because I have a CBD joint that I can grab, smoke that shit, and I'll be, I won't be high anymore just like that. Mm. So always, always keep CBD and you're like CBD, don't, nothing else. Like you can have the tinctures and all that. That shit is cute because it, it does work. But as far as effectiveness as like your backup from when shit gets crazy, you need like a pack of CBD joints that you can smoke like on the fly like i'm talking like at one in the morning you know fucked around and had that edible and you too high and everything closed you can't get you should have some cbd joint so okay. you smoke that shit you're immediately you'll be like oh that was that was fun that was but that won't do that again okay, you know like, or you, yeah yeah so always have that in your house and then another thing is we like to say in the cannabis industry there's a little phrase that when you're ever whenever you're starting anything with like thc or delta um, Delta A um, is that you need to make sure you start low and go slow. So mm. start with a low dose and build on it slowly. So start with like a quarter, you know, of whatever it is that you're about to consume. If, if it's a tincture, take a quarter dropper full, right? If it's a, um, if it's an edible, then, you know, don't have half, have a quarter mm. of the edible. Um, or I like stuff like plus gummies and uh, Camino gummies and uh, Lost Farm gummies um, because they say that like one gummy is 10 milligrams or one gummy is five milligrams. And I always, if you are, see something that's five milligrams, I say start with five milligrams. Mm-hmm. If, you, what, if you don't feel anything in like four hours, then you could have another five milligrams, you know, and then you'll know like next time, oh, maybe I could start with like five and a half Mm. you know but don't just jump into 10 or 20 or something like that you gotta if you start low you'll know as you go up okay woo all right that's the one I felt that one right then you'll know like okay I'm gonna do it this way next time but if you get too high you have your CD and smoke it and you'll be fine and then you don't even have to get CBD THC you can get like literally just get really good CBD hemp flour that you can order online anywhere there's a lot of cool dope brands that sell CBD hemp flour um and just have it in your house and just in case just in case then so you can explore edibles as long as you are prepared and you have the stuff in place and you are starting low and going slow it should actually be a fun process like i started exploring last year um because i met somebody who cooks and makes really uh delicious infused um cookies mm. and it was just so good and every time i ate her cookies i would get high but she would tell me like how much to eat and, and you know if i do this and it's gonna be this and it's gonna be that but her food was so good and the high was so good i was like shit like i think i like fucking edibles now like, <laughs> this is great you know but you have to know what you're dealing with you need to know like what your dosage is and what you can handle and once you know your limits then you can fuck it up then you can eat everything and try everything because you know what your limits are Yes. Um, now there will be those one chance that some because sometimes it's like brands be like, is this amount of THC? And I'd be like, mm. right. so like you know, sometimes you still got to be a little bit cautious. But like if you're familiar with the brand or whoever the person who's making these edibles, 
then you should be able to get the same dose every time and get the same, you know, effect that you're looking for. So great advice. I love that. Experiment. Yes. You gotta experiment. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a little detour from the question that Germany had had asked you about how <laughs> started talking about our uh, yeah about how um how you can destigmatize the use of marijuana like what would your approach be like to change someone's mind about smoking weed well here's the thing or do you not give a damn (laughs) well the thing is you have to right because oftentimes when you're talking about you know the stigma and having to talk to people who may not um, understand why you smoke weed or you're, you know, you're hiding it from them. It's because they don't know. Right. So this is usually like family. This is like your parents, mm-hmm. you know, usually like your close friends or cousins, um, aunties and uncles and, um, shit like that. It's not, it's definitely not like, sometimes it can be your partner or the person you're dating too. Like, I mean, if you really want to go down that rabbit hole, I just say, fuck them, don't date them. But I have seen it work. Um, so it just depends on how much work you're willing to do. Mm. Um, and it does take a lot of work to change someone's mind, so to speak, or to at least get them to see um, the change and that they were lied to or whatever it may be, you know, about this plant. And um, it's a it's a lot to take in, especially mm-hmm. if it's an older person you're talking to. Yeah. Um, but seeing is believing. They see you. They see how you compose, like, for my mom. I just told her last year about Blunt Born Mama mm. and I peeped that I started Blunt Born Mama in December 2017. Mm. Um, <laughs> easy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to show with black parents, you got to show them that you're making money so that they know that you're not coming back to them <laughs> trying to ever with a handout. You got to be, they got to know that you financially good. And right? then they fully and so, support after that. Okay. That's my baby. Exactly. So I had to, you know, explain to her that, you know, I'm getting paid this amount, I'm doing this and da da da. And she was just like, Oh, okay, okay. Well, you know, I always knew it was over racism in many ways. Everything's about being black. And I was just like, Yeah, mommy, it really is about racism. It really is at the end of the day. She's like, Well, you know, I'm not gonna do that because I do not smoke. But um you can send me one of your little t shirts and I'll wear it around the house. Mm. I'll support my baby, and if you need anything, you you let me know. So, did she know if you were? Was it always like public knowledge, or like did your family know that you smoked this whole time since you've been smoking since you were eighteen, or has this some been something that was under the you radar, know under yeah. the radar? Nobody really know, knew about it. So the funny thing is that everybody knew in my life, like my my cousins like we're all really close we all knew all my friends know i smoke weed Mm -hmm. and that my man smokes weed my man smokes weed so obviously he knows like is in some of my old co-workers like they know like if you get close to me and you come to especially you come to my house like you're like oh this bitch smoke weed period (laughs) you're gonna know i smoke like we go out somewhere you're gonna know i smoke weed i'm gonna step outside (laughs) when i come back i'm gonna smell like weed so either you're going to come with me and you're going to smoke with me or like, you know, whatever, hold my drink, but like, I'm going to go smoke weed. So like, it's definitely not something I hide in that respect, but my mom found out I smoked weed when I was younger. Like I think maybe in my early twenties or something and she freaked the fuck out. And from that point, I was like, I guess I can't tell her. Cause mm. in my young mind, I couldn't really verbalize in the way 
that she could comprehend without reprimanding, um, you know, that this is why I consume cannabis, you know, it helps me with social anxiety, it helps me to get creative, it helps me go to sleep, it helps, you know, to do all these things, I couldn't really verbalize that, um, and now I can, and that definitely makes a difference, but, um, so I hid it from them, so they really just found out that I smoke weed, and my mom probably like low-key knew all along because like one time she called me and I was really fucking high mm. and like she FaceTimed me. I didn't realize it was oh, FaceTime. I answered it and then my eyes are bloodshot red. <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh. And she thought I was drunk with our, <laughs> was, like with my daughter. And I was like, oh my God, I need a mother. I'm just high. Leave me alone. You're not helping me right now. I'm trying to chill. Right. And so she was like, I'm just worried about you. Like, I don't know what kind of parent you're trying to be. Right. I don't like, Oh, we're gonna go. We're gonna hang up the phone now. And so like, that was a, that was a while ago, but I just remembered that. And I'm just like, she's just not ready for it. And mm-hmm. so I told her last year because I was just like, well, um, this is what I do, you know, right. like this is my life. And I didn't, I wanted my, I want my parents to know who I am. If something should ever happen to me, you know, heaven forbid, I want them to know who I am. I don't want anybody else telling them about me. I want them to know everything that I'm doing because I'm their child and I owe them that much. Like they should know me more than anybody else because Period. I am part of them. Um, so that's why I told her. And I, I just want her to know me more and my stepdad as well. And they're like, okay, cool, girl. It sounds like this, it sounds all right. I don't do that, but that's good for that looks good on you. Do like, that's, you really- <laughs> that's funny because like then in, in the reverse, I'm wondering how it works like with ki- the, your kids knowing that you smoke weed because me or if they know because I know my mom when I was a kid she smoked weed smokes, but I didn't know like yeah, I didn't know until I got a little older i'm like i think i was like 16 15 i think i was 16. around that age as well and this wasn't something that was like broadcasted so i'm assuming that she didn't want me to know so how do you feel about like your kids and knowing that you smoke and your partner smokes do you tell them exactly what you're doing do you say this is mommy's relaxation yeah time? like what did, how does that conversation go what is their yeah, knowledge? They definitely. They know, they think they know everything, but they don't know shit. But like, <laughs> they know what we, <laughs> we, we, they know what we tell them. And we're really honest with our kids. Like, like they know what CBD is. Like we have a CBD um, bomb that we rub on their back at oh. night after bubble baths. They use CBD bath bombs and they love them. Um, and like my daughter knows, like if something hurts, like if she's got like a little bruise or something, or, uh, I don't know, like a little pain, pain, the area on her body, she'll be like, mama, can you get the CBD? Because she knows that that's going to help with that pain. It's going to make it go away. Um, so like they know it in that way, but then they also like, I think I posted a while ago on my Instagram stories. People like, oh my gosh, that is so, you know, incredible. I had like bought a bunch of new bongs my daughter was like playing with them she was like looking at them and I put it in my stories and like this is just my life like she like she knows like these are bombs like I told her like these are my bombs you can't touch these you know mm-hmm. the, these are very you know they're made of glass they're really sharp so it, it hurts you um and like this is my tool like these are my toys like, these oh are my I thought toys. you said my these tools they're, they're also my tools <laughs> <laughs> But they're they're also like my toys, and I'll just be. But I just feel like sometimes I just tell them like this is mama stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, that's mama stuff. I'll be like, yeah, God, stuff. is there don't a- touch it like the boundaries right <laughs> have to be in place? Is there a sense of um like so with the boundary aspect? 
although they know that you smoke, do you still kind of shield them from it? Or do you just like toke up right then and there in front of them? No, I don't. So I, you know, you know, I don't judge how anybody parents their kid. Cause if you want to piss somebody off, tell them how to parent their child. Right. And I don't got time for that kind of drama. I don't, I don't want no smoke, but <laughs> I would say that for me personally, I do not smoke in front of my kids. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to pull out a, a joint and light it and be blowing <laughs> smoke in my baby's face. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not my thing, you know, personally. And when it comes like right now, I'm in my bedroom, the doors closed, our baby, our baby, our son, our two-year-old, he's taking a nap in another room and our daughter is watching Disney plus in the living room. And I got the window open. I'm in front of the window and I have my joint going. Right. And usually like, it's like ventilation. Like if you're, if I'm smoking a joint, which like I do, but I don't think I smoke it as much just because they do get so smoky. Mm -hmm. Like I'll do a joint in a bathroom and, you know, hot box myself up there or something, or I'll do a joint in my kitchen and have my, you know, hand near the window or my room and like make sure I'm in front of the window uh, but usually, like, that's why I like vaping, I like dabbing, I like bongs, because the smoke dissipates quickly, it doesn't linger in the air, especially a dab, like, it literally is gone the moment you blow it out, mm-hmm. and it's more like a vapor than actual, like, smoke. Um, so those kinds of things I prefer, and I'm more conscious of, also just because, like, you know, I do have neighbors and stuff, like, I live in an apartment, and I don't mm-hmm. want to... <laughs> You want I them all in your like business. Legal. You don't want yeah, them calling on like you. weed sometimes, but like you know, it's like I don't want to be smelling like weed all the way at the belt. Right. Yeah, like, we at the back, we at the back of the building, so it's like you have to be, you know, conscious because like you can't still get in trouble for you know like that kind of stuff in your and you're not in your own property. So um, I'm always as a renter, I'm always conscious of that, anyways, and that's why I always when I go to people's houses, I'd be like, "Is it cool, or do you want me to go outside?" Because like I, I don't want no smoke. Because you get fined something from your landlord, don't be looking at me. Uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> you ain't say nothing. So I always ask people, like, you know, is this cool? Um, because you know that everybody's different about their spaces. Some people smoke weed; they smoke once joints all day, and they only smoke outside. They never smoke inside of their apartment. That'd be me. That'd be me. Yeah, most times I stand outside. I don't. I'll do it sometimes, but other times I smoke. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) if I'm at my desk working, I'm gonna light up a joint, or I'm gonna pack a bowl and smoke my (laughs) bong while I'm working at my desk. But my desk is also right in front of the window. Yeah. So I'm blowing right out of the window. The herbal um, pre-rolls but, I've been smoking inside. Yeah, mm-hmm. no smoker. Yes. No smoker is yeah. Right. And the more we have these conversations and there's resources like, you know, Blunt Blowing Mama, then we can normalize the use of marijuana and destigmatize and create, um, I guess, just a feeling of like approachableness around it where there's not shame and then we don't grow up dealing with it. Like you mentioned with your experience with your mom, I'm pretty sure you're going to develop a great relationship with your kids around cannabis and even just the level of honesty available there. So Shanitria, let our audience know where they can find you, what you have going on and how they can join the Cannamom community. I love saying Cannamom. <laughs> it's such a word. I don't know. It's so weird, but it is cool. I'm like, all right, we just did that. We just made a word. Yes. I love it. That is, it sticks. Canamom. <laughs> it is. It makes sense. I, I love it. Um, so so many things going on with Lump Born Mama, and um, I've just been working, 
but um you can find blunt blowing mama on instagram at blunt blowing and that's b-l-o-w-i-n mama m-a-m-a and that's also uh the handle on twitter blunt blowing mama's on facebook um you can go to bluntblowingmama.com click on podcasts and you can listen to the podcast or you can subscribe on spotify stitcher apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, <laughs> all the platforms mm-hmm. <laughs> um and you can check it out i am like over a hundred episodes in because i just like working and i'm a monster yeah. i'm crazy um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's if there's topics that I've definitely covered before sex and relationships boom I talk about it all the time uh pregnancy and weed I got stuff on that too uh pregnancy and I mean breastfeeding and cannabis I talk about that all the time I talk to doctors nurses a lot of experts moms who share their own stories entrepreneurs uh and yeah if anything is follow up blind mama and you'll know all the things all the yes. time yes yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for sharing all of that. I'm pretty sure someone is going to find that very valuable. Yeah, we love sure. resources. We do. So you all, all that information will be down in the show notes as well so that you can hit Shanitria up and see all that she has to offer. Thank you so much, Shanitria, for taking the time to kiki with us yeah. today. We appreciate you. Thank you guys for having me. I'm such a fan. Keep going. Keep doing everything that you're doing. I saw when y'all put up this video on Instagram of your celebrating your 1 million downloads. Yeah. Congratulations, by the Thank way. Thank you. That's iconic. I Thank you. Iconic. I aspire. You're on your be. way. When I, do hit, when I hit my milli, I'm like, should I just basically like be like, sorry, guys, but I'm stealing. Your <laughs> yeah. Take it. I'm take it, girl. It again. <laughs> take it. Hatchet. Take <laughs> it. But definitely... You know, you guys are doing a damn thing and definitely inspiring for uh, other black podcasting women like myself coming up and trying to be like y'all because it, it, it's consistency. It's the consistency for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it thank is, Chad. Yes, thank you <laughs> thank so you. much. We're going to chat with you. Make sure y'all follow Blunt Blowing Mama for all things Can a Mom. Yes, yes. We'll um, talk to y'all soon. All right. Bye. Thank you.